Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Great to have you on this beautiful Sunday day. You remember the time change. God bless. Hey, it's early, isn't it? Feels early. Felt early at six this morning. Good to have you. Thank you, Bell Choir. Thank you, Choir, for joining us for this piece. We appreciate it. And I think they're leaving. <laughs> they were here at the first service as well. Don't leave. Don't leave. Ah, oh, they heard the sermon. They know it's coming. So uh, that's them. Uh, welcome. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm uh, one of the Warm Heart Pastors here. Uh, Welcome to all of you. If this is your first time here, welcome. We pray that you find a blessing in today's service for we are certainly blessed to have you with us. I know we have one new guest. We have baby Leo in the back. Hey, baby Leo. She's sleeping. She's sleeping. Yay. Good to have you and congratulations to the French family. Good. uh, Just just good to see you guys. Um, Check your announcements Uh, in the bulletin. You'll see what's going on in the life of this church. Uh, there's, a, there's a few things going on this week uh, that you might want to know about. Youth group is uh, today, uh, but it's not here, youth group. Where's, where's youth group at today? Your house. Awesome. So if uh, you're a youth and want to know where youth group's at, find out from Nicole where she lives. <laughs> I can't remember your address, uh, but it's somewhere that way. So just go that way and you'll find her. Uh, awesome. Um, Got some wonderful people sitting next to you. Sign in, let us know you're here, and uh, let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, and then remain standing for the opening songs.
just making my grocery list right now. I know none of you would ever do that in church. Make your grocery list while something's going on. I need eggs. I got. I did write down eggs, didn't I? I do need milk. And you probably can't read my writing after that. No. No. Uh, someone at the first service said I needed grapes. I need grapes. Should I get the red? Should I get the red grapes or the green grapes? 
The flavored cotton candy grapes? Yeah. I have never heard of this. Where have I been all my life? I, flavored cotton candy grapes. What else should I get from the store? Uh, tea? Tea? My wife likes tea. I take my caffeine cold. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe bread. I gotta write down bread. Yeah. Do you know why I write this down? You know why I have to write this down? Take a guess. Then you don't so I don't forget. I think you need cheese too. I have cheese? I, we do need shredded cheese because we're having tacos later. Shredded cheese. We got the tortillas. I remember them, but I forgot the shredded cheese and sour cream. Hold on, son. I gotta write down sour cream. Hey, I write it down because I'll forget. You know, the, the joke in our house is I could remember three things at the store. If there's a fourth thing, I'm going to come home with three things. I'm just going to forget one of the things. And it changes all the time. I have to write things down or I forget things. Yeah. Do you ever forget things? Why are you just scratching the paper? Just at the bottom saying I'm done. Yeah. You already got all your stuff. I don't. I, ha- I got to get this stuff afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you ever forget things? Uh, yeah. yeah. What do you forget sometimes? You forgot your shoes at your friend's house? You came home without shoes? Or you had two pairs of shoes? Sometimes you forget socks over there too. That that can happen. Yep. Uh, Sometimes I forget to take my shoes upstairs. I I leave them in the living room. And that's a no-no in our our family, according to my wife. Like, shoes have to go to their place. While back, she said, what are your shoes doing there? And I said, uh, gravity doesn't allow them to float through the air. And that was the wrong thing to say, I found out. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes my kids forget chores. No. Yeah. Like now I'm just playing with the paper, yes. I do this when I'm nervous and fidgety. Yeah. Sometimes we forget. Did you forget about the peas? I don't like peas. Can't carrots? do peas. I like carrots. Carrots are good. Carrots. Do you like zucchini? Ooh. What zucchini? Yeah. I don't like it either, but my wife likes it, so I better get it. Zucchini also goes by; it's got a different name. Squash, squash. <laughs> Even the name doesn't sound good, does it? Squash, like it's squashed. Well, sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget names. There's about forty people in here. There are times that uh, like I'm, I'm, I know 35 names in here. There's five names I don't know. I'm not going to tell them which, which, which people. I can't remember whose names they are because it changes every Sunday. Because I can't remember. Uh, but I got to write things down. When Jesus was on, was on the cross, there were two other people next to him. And one person, uh, one person uh, told Jesus, asked Jesus, Jesus, would you remember me? Would you remember me when yes. you come into my kingdom? And Jesus says, nope. You think that's what he said? No. Didn't sound like a Jesus thing to say, does it? No. 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 Jesus said, I'll remember you. I'll remember you. There's a place for you in my kingdom. Even to a guy hanging on a cross, to a thief. Jesus is going to remember you. Remember you. And remember you. And all of us. And, all of us. and you know what? He doesn't have to write down our names. He knows them. He and that's pretty cool. Every time a new person is born, 
Every time a new person is born, Jesus has that person's picture up on his wall. Yeah. Yep. And we'll always remember you. You know that, right? Awesome. Let's pray. God above, we give thanks for this little one and for those watching online, and we pray that as they grow in godliness and in your favor, that they remember that they are always in your presence, that you'll never forsake us or or give us up, for we are yours. And the family of God said, amen. Thanks for coming down. And thank you for making my store list with me. Zucchini and cheese. Don't forget that. Good morning, church. Let us come together in an attitude of prayer. If you um, have any prayer requests or concerns that you would like to share this morning with your neighbor, this is the time of service where we like to share them aloud. Um, I have one, and it's for Debbie Jones, who is homesick today but is watching from online. Just prayers for her as she starts to feel better. Then I will lead us in our um, pastoral prayer and then the Lord's Prayer, which the words will be on the screen. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, you are the source of life and love. May we draw close to you to feel your peace and experience your grace so that we may continue to grow in our faith and be transformed for your glory. Guide us to be healers in this world. We pray for the discouraged and the poor in spirit. May they feel drawn to your presence and be lifted up by your light. May they feel your peace and experience your grace and know that being one in you is paradise. We pray for those that are grieving, Lord. May they be comforted. And Lord, give us humble hearts to serve one another. Lord, we pray for all who hunger and thirst for righteousness. May they be nourished and sustained by your spirit. Lord, thank you for remembering us. Thank you for your mercy, and thank you for your grace. Help us to be pure in heart in all that we do, so that we may also be merciful and bring calm to our world. For God, we are your people. And today we come together as Jesus brought his disciples together, and we pray the prayer that he taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As able and willing, let's stand for our next congregational song. What a friend we have in Jesus.
Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Luke, chapter 23, verses 35 through 43. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. For whatever reason, we are intrigued by a person's last words. A lifetime of speaking, but you only get one shot at what your last statement will be to the world. When Ben Franklin was on his deathbed, his daughter asked him to shift a little. Maybe he could breathe a little easier. And Ben's last words were, a dying man can do nothing easy. Went through some other last words by people that you might have heard of. Elvis, Elvis had some last words that we know of. He told his fiance, I'm going to the bathroom to read. Those are his last words. I really like Richard B. Mellon's last words. You might not know him. He was the CEO of Alcoa back in the day. And he and his brother Andrew had a little game of tag going. The weird thing was this game of tag has lasted for seven decades now since they were kids and the game never ended. And when Richard was on his deathbed, you could probably guess where this is going. He called his brother over, tapped him and said, last tag. And then he passed away. Uh, Poor Andrew remained it for four years uh, until he died. Uh, They're probably still playing now. Well, two weeks ago, we started Lent, and we began a sermon series that we're calling Crosswords, uh, the seven statements of Christ from the cross. Words that give us tremendous insight for our own lives. Last words, we shared the, the, uh, the words, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And before that, two weeks ago, we did the, the, the line where Jesus told John, his cousin, John, this is your mother. Mother, this is your son. In other words, take care of each other uh, when I'm gone. And our third statement today is also an act of compassion and an act of love. I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. What a wonderful and comforting scripture this is. It speaks of some wonderful truths of salvation. And when we examine this thief that Christ made this statement too. It teaches us some of the keys of understanding a little bit about salvation for us. We can always learn lessons from a thief. Usually it's lessons not what to do. But today, 
this, this thief opens up a little bit of, of, of heaven for us. I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. So here's this, this thief on a cross. Uh, there's another thief on another cross. And the other, other criminal is mocking Jesus. And I don't know why, because he's in the same boat. Aren't you the Christ? Save us and us. And everyone around this criminal and everyone at the foot of the cross, they're mocking Christ, the soldiers, the, the Pharisees. They're making fun of him. And yet there was one criminal that did not. And I got to ask myself, why? When everyone else was taking turns mocking Christ, why did this only one abstain? He also went to bat for him as well. Uh, and I believe the reason could be a lesson for us. This criminal had a healthy respect, a healthy fear of God. Don't you fear God, was what he asked. And this is the first step that a person takes in understanding their need, their need to come to a relationship with, with, with God. Proverbs 1, 7 says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. There have been times I've been a fool. But hopefully there are other times that I'm wise. Now I know that the word fear is a little, little different for us. Uh, do you really want to, f- does God want us to fear him? Not so much. But maybe a healthy respect. Maybe a reverence. And I got to think about it through my own kids. Do I want them to respect me? Yes. Do I want them to revere me? That might be going a little too far. Do I want them to fear me? Just enough. Just enough, right? Uh, I want them to walk that straight and narrow. This is what our family does. Um, When we seek knowledge, we begin to learn of his awesome love that he has for us. And without a healthy, healthy respect or a fear, if you will, depending on what, which word you like to use, you know, I don't need God. I don't need God. I don't need God. And the day we die, oh, Lord, I need you. <laughs> right? Uh, even in this time of facing certain death, uh, one, one, one thief belittled Christ and one respected, respected God. You might know the name Marie Antoinette if you know the French Revolution at all. She stepped on her executioner's foot on the way to the guillotine, and her final words were, uh, pardon me, monsieur. <laughs> Frank Sinatra's last words, I'm losing it. Not, not happy. Italian artist Raphael, his last words were simply, happy. Oh, to go out on a word like that, happy. Well, if we look at the thief some more, the next verse shares a little, little more insight. He says this, We're being punished justly, for we are getting what our just deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. So the criminal saw his own guilt, and, and he saw the innocence of Christ. It's also something we need to, to understand if we want to have a little touch of salvation in our life as well. There are times we got to look at the person in our mirror. And discover that we are our own worst enemy sometimes. We all mess up. Does God enjoy it and like to poke fun at us when we, when we mess up? No. Do we like to do that as parents? No. Do we like to do it as spouses? I hope not. 
But the crook had no doubt that he had done some bad things for which he deserved punishment. A person must know that Romans 3, chapter 23 is true. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Even if you look in the Bible, from Abraham to, to David to Solomon to Peter, James, John, Mary, the whole, the whole bunch, they all have sin. And praise God that through Christ we can have victory over our sinful nature. Second Corinthians says this, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Max Lucado, in one of his books, wrote this, We are guilty, and he is innocent. We are filthy, and he is pure. We are wrong, and he is right. He is not on the cross for his sins, but he is there for ours. Leonardo da Vinci, if that name sounds a bell, uh, his last words were overly modest. I... I don't know if I could say this. I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Wow. That's Leonardo. Third lesson I get from the cross. Comes in the next verse. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come to your kingdom. From that one statement alone, we we can gather this, that the thief had enough faith that death was not the end and that Christ had his own kingdom. What's so incredible about this is this. The disciples and the followers of Jesus thought there was no hope after Jesus was put on that cross. This is the end of the story. This is the end of this reformation of Judaism, whatever it is that we are trying to do, that this is it. And the disciples go into hiding. Save John, who was with his mom uh, down there. And yet this man, a criminal, says to Christ, remember me when you come into your kingdom. The man knew that even though Christ was on the cross, that this was not the end. That there is something beyond this veil, something beyond this life that we currently walk. Who would have ever thought that a common criminal would have more faith than than the disciples who sat at the feet of Jesus? He knew that death was not the end. In order for Christ to make that statement to us one day, today you will be with me in paradise, we have to believe with like a childlike faith that life on this side is not going to be the end and Christ does have a kingdom. Now my kids once upon a time says, Dad, if, if, if the whole point of living is to get to heaven, then why, why live in the first place? It's like, well, our job is to live. What's the point of living? Living. There's a time to be born and a time to die, and the goal is to keep those as far away from each other as possible. But just know that at the end, at the end, there's a place. A familiar scripture that I use in funerals is this, and maybe you can finish it. In my father's house, there are many rooms. Rooms, mansions, depending on what, uh, what Bible you have. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go there to prepare a place for you? Do you believe that? There's a room for you, and there's a room for you, and there's a room for you, and there's, and I'm actually happy that there's a lot of rooms because there's some people I don't want to room with, but you have a place. Do you believe that at the end of this life, it's not the end? Believe it. Harriet Tubman 
the freer of slaves, her last words were, swing low, sweet chariot. A contemporary of hers, but on the other side of the Civil War, Stonewall Jackson, as he died, he's, he, uh, he kind of had a vision of a cross of, 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 of something in the, off the distance that no one else could see. And he said, let us cross over this river and rest under the shade of those trees. Different side of the war. Same side of, of heaven. And the last lesson that I get from this thief is this. He showed us that it's never too late to turn to Christ. It's never too late. This is probably a man who, who did not live his life for God. A criminal, a thief, a person who violated other people by taking their property. But in his last hours, he turned and said, remember me. And Christ didn't say, you know, I'm sorry, I wish you would have turned to me earlier, or let's make an appointment, come to my office, which we can't do anyway, so you're up a creek. Jesus didn't say that. Christ saw the genuineness of his heart, and he said, today you will be with me in paradise. No matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've done it, no matter where you've done it, or, or how long, just know that you could turn to Christ and find salvation. That door is always open, but we have to be able to walk through. But let me make something clear. You play a dangerous game if you decide that you're going to wait till the waning hours of your life to turn your life to Christ. You never know. You never know when that day's going to come. There was a saint back in the fourth century, St. Augustine, uh, kind of got the church going in, 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 uh, in certain ways in Rome. But the St. Augustine waited until his, almost the end of his life to be baptized. Um, baptism in some traditions is the forgiveness of all sin and, and uh, you have to be baptized to get to heaven. But uh, he, he, he didn't want to do it in his earlier days because I got a whole lot more sinning yet to do and I just want to make sure I'm covered. So he waited till the Don't do that is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. But I want you to know that it's never too late. I know the sermon series is about Jesus' last words, but today the thief's last words are what saved him. Jesus, remember me. Remember me. So in closing, this is just what I want to share. Jesus told this thief that today you will be with me in paradise. And I really believe that means today. Today. So here's your bit of, a bit of trivia. Uh, in the King James, the way this goes, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. In the ancient transcripts, uh, manuscripts that they were doing this, they don't have punctuation. We have to make up the punctuation and try to figure out where the commas go, where the periods go. And so we really don't know this statement. Does it sound like this? For I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Or does it read like this? I tell you the truth today. You will be with me in paradise. Two different meanings, doesn't it? One implies that today you're going to be with me in paradise, or I'm just telling you the truth today. And then someday at the end of time, at the end of the judgment, when the trumpets blare, and at the end of all time, that's when people get saved. 
That's a, that's a question that churches try to figure out every now and then. Do people go to heaven when they die or at the end of time? Do you know where Methodists stand on this? We are radically wishy-washy. Right in the middle. <laughs> I don't have the answer. I just know that there's a place for you. And if we, when we die, if we go to heaven right away, great. And if we, if we sleep, if we slumber in the churchyard, and then at the end, the end of time we get saved, great. You know, you just sleep through it till the end anyway. So we know heaven's on the horizon. Personally, I believe you die, you go to heaven, that's, that's, that's that. But uh, you're, not, you're not a heretic if you believe the other way as well. I just want you to know you have a place. Commas are important, aren't they? My kids tell me commas save lives. Uh, there's, there's, but, um, like at lunchtime today, I'll, I'll, they're upstairs, we're downstairs. Uh, this is how lazy we are. Do you, have, do you ever text your kids in your own house? <laughs> yeah, uh, our kids don't have phones yet, so we can't do that. We still have to do the screaming method. So, it's time to eat, kids! And they're like, it's time to eat, kids? That's, that's horrible. Like, no, there's a comma. There's a comma there. We got to put a, there's time to eat, comma, kids. We don't eat, all right, forget it. That's why they don't come down. We don't, they're scared they're going to get eaten. You'll be with me in paradise. Paradise, Persian word, para. Para is kind of a, um, a sectioned off, a walled section, something that has its own parameters. That's where we get the word uh, uh, Parameter, para, paradise, P-A-R-A, paragraph. If, if it starts with P-A-R-A, it means like it's its own little entity somehow. Uh, dice, Persian word for garden. You will be with me in a walled garden. You'll be with me in paradise. The Bible started in a garden. It ends in a garden. And we have a room in a garden. I pray. I pray that we fear God just a little bit. He is the God of love, but a healthy respect is, is good. I pray that we find, find the faith that says that death is not the end, that Christ indeed has a kingdom. And I pray that we believe that there is always hope for us and for those around us. Take it from a thief. It's never too late. John Wesley's last words, the founder of the Methodist Church, this is what he said. The best of all is God is with us. Farewell, farewell. Last words. These are the last words of the sermon. And the family of God said, amen. Thank you to those who participate in the giving to this church. You make this place and its ministries happen. And I'm excited that we have some music as we take today's offering.
upstairs who made this service possible for you joining us online and for all of us. May the God that brought us together today go with you now and forevermore that we might find that peace, that assurance that uh, being remembered by God brings.